Welcome to a special episode of the Echo, a Green Lantern vidcast slash podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, the Emerald Enthusiast himself, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, Lantern fans? It's the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green, the man who spends lots of green paper on the green light. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. Yeah, your ratio of uh, giving up green to get green is probably quite... uh, uh, quite uh, disproportionate yeah. on the giving up green <laughs> side of the equation. But um, this is a special episode, I think I, I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's a special episode is because we weren't planning to do a Green Lantern-centric episode today. But um, yesterday, as of this recording, um, the fine folks at uh, Warner Media and HBO mm-hmm. Max decided decided to grace Green Lantern fandom with an announcement. And that is, announcement is that we have our first actor cast for the HBO Max Green Lantern live-action series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie, we knew this day would eventually come, and we made a pact off-air that if it did, we'd push whatever we were doing to the side to, to record a special episode, and we're fulfilling that, that promise. Um, so we're men of our words. Um, so the actor in question is Finn Whitrock, mm-hmm. and he will be portraying Guy Gardner. So, yes. uh, Donnie, I have absolutely zero familiarity with uh, Mr. Whitrock. Uh, have you seen him in either uh, American Horror Story or uh, Ratchet, I think it is? Uh, yes, I've only seen one episode of Ratchet uh, that you're talking okay. about. Absolutely. I have seen two different seasons of American Horror Story in which he has appeared. I, I do like him. Again, I would say that the roles that he was on there are much different than Guy Gardner. Right. But he does have a certain gravitas, um, a certain intimidation to the roles that he can play, he can definitely uh, be a believable soldier type of character. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, 36 years old from Massachusetts. And I, you know, I think that this is a good casting. I, you know, it's not, they're definitely not looking for him to be too young at the same time. They haven't cast somebody who's really old, who might be limited in the physicality of the role. This is, I think they found the perfect window here. Yeah, it's not Ezra Miller, but it's not Ben Affleck. You know, the age range is is ready, you know smack dab in the yeah in the sweet spot kind of thing. Uh, you know, so uh, I I mean, look, all I've seen is a picture of him from from his face structure. I could see Guy Gardner there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know he's got dark hair, but. Let's recall, let's remember that there are things called hair dye yeah. and wigs. And either of, of those could give us the Guy Gardner, uh, you know, reddish hair. Uh, so that is not concerning me. No. I've seen a lot of people say he's too skinny or thin for the part. Again, Working out, there's this thing called the gym. Right. You go to it, and there are weights that if you lift and, and repeatedly lift them, over the course of time, your muscles start to build. Your mass sure. starts to build. And so, again, all these things are controllable, and I'm not concerned about, about that. Uh, I'm concerned about the fact that I think the priority of, of these productions is to get the best actor for the role. When you're testing, when you're doing the screen test, get the best actor that wins the role should be the one that gets the role. That should be the main criteria. Yeah. Everything else can come afterwards. Um, and judging by what you've told me, what Stephen's told me, it seems like they've made a good choice here. Um, he, I'm just going to look up because he... Yeah, I saw him on the Roanoke season of American Horror Stories, what I remember him from in particular, which he was... Wrote some, he wrote something yeah. on, on, on Instagram. Okay. 
I'm just going to find it. Okay, you go ahead and find that. Another thing I want to throw out there as far as his body type, and again, I've never seen him in anything other than costumes, so I don't exactly know what he looks like when it comes to that. Guy Gardner is somebody who his Green Lantern uniform has traditionally always been a vest that kind of buttons in front. So right. I don't know how much of his physique we're going to see yeah. anyway. So Yeah, he doesn't have to be Hulk Hogan. Yeah, this is not like, you know, we're casting, you know, Prince Namor or somebody like that who's going to be, you know, a, a lot of his body's going to be shown. I don't think that's yeah. an issue. Yeah, so. we're not talking about, you know, He-Man. We're talking right. about Guy Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Big difference. Uh, so it says here, he wrote on his Instagram, uh, accompanied with the article of this, you know, uh, casting. Beyond excited to join the Green Lantern universe as Guy Gardner, coming to HBO Max in the not-too-distant future. Short, but sweet. Um, and interesting, one of the articles that I read, by the way, this has been confirmed all over Deadline, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, the major trades. DC's put out a press release. Yes. So it's it's legit as legit can be. Yes. Uh, and in, I, I can't remember if it was the, <coughs> the Hollywood Reporter or Variety, but one of those two stated that they are very close to finalizing a deal for the actor that they want for Alan Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't say which actor, but they expect that announcement to be coming fairly soon. Mm -hmm. So, things are moving. Uh, Donnie, I know a lot of people were concerned because we hadn't heard anything. And, and they were wondering, is this project still happening? Clearly it is. I know the original intent, there was a rumor that it was supposed to start filming April 12th. Obviously, that, that didn't happen. But again, mm -hmm. it makes sense because they're finalizing their cast. You have to have a cast before you can sh shoot. I mean, technically you could film second unit stuff. You don't need, you know, exterior shots and the, and the like. You don't need a cast for that. But to start shooting in earnest, you need a cast. So it makes sense that the April 12th date didn't happen. I'm hearing uh, at some point in September is their targeted start date. So they have plenty of time to finalize their cast. And, uh, and I have no doubt that they will do that. Uh, before their scheduled start date. So things yeah. are moving. That's the important thing. Looks like they got a quality actor to start us off. And and I realize that a lot of people, a lot of Green Lantern fans are gun shy because we have been promised so much in the last 10 years and things never seem to work out. But I think this time, even though this development may be a little slower than we would like, it is happening. We will see this yeah. materialize. Once they start casting, like, it would take a calamity for the project not to happen. Like, I'm talking Justice League Mortal, uh, Superman Lives type of scenario. But again, DC's under new management now, and this fear of... I understand, as a DC fan, we're kind of, you know, afraid that... I need to see it filming to believe it is our mantra kind of thing, right? But sure, um, you got to understand, DC is under new management now, and I got to give props where they're due. Ever since Walter Hamada has come on board, everything that he said was going into production has gone into production, including the Flash, which which took. How many directors? How many writers? And just yesterday, as of this recording, I saw the first set picture of Michael Keaton's Wayne Manor, and never did I think I could get so excited <laughs> by a manor, but here we are. I was hyperventilating, and I was so happy. I was like, wait, should I go to the hospital? Because I'm not sure about this hyperventilation. But then I realized, oh, I'm looking at Wayne Manor, so I'm okay. Right. Uh, uh. So, yeah, um, you know, got to give him props, because everything he said was going to go under in production under his watch so far has done so <clears throat> so well, and definitely the flash was definitely in flux the movie yeah. i mean for how long i mean we 
we heard rumor after rumor, and there seemed to be reboot after reset as far as the production goes. And now yeah. it seems like they're finally on the road yeah, to actually in, getting that out. They're in production. Yeah, they're yes. filming. Yeah, cameras are rolling. You know, so and, and so you got to give them credit. So I think we can start. I mean, it obviously, depends on the when you look at the project. It depends on what it is. Like when they announced New Gods, I mean, that was a strap. Like, really? I'm like, okay, we'll see. But but you know, like I said, you can tell when 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 Warner when Warner Media has a real interest in developing a character for film or television, you know, and you could tell right off the hop from the Green Lantern announcement that the people they were putting in place were people that have gotten things off the ground for them before, Berlanti, Guggenheim, uh, you know. Uh, and also, the amount of money that they were putting into this. You know, for season one has a $100 million budget. Yes. Uh, so, they're putting big money behind this, so you know they're serious. And so, when, when you see that kind of commitment right off the hop, you know, it's okay to get excited. Yeah. It, it, it may not happen as, like, news may not come as fast as we want it to, but again, just because we don't hear anything publicly, it, never, it doesn't mean things aren't happening behind the scenes. And that's what I think yeah. we as fans are going to train ourselves to understand. Is that, Especially in the pandemic era. That's why yeah. things, so many things are coming along much more slowly right. than they usually would. But quality is the most important thing, so... Mm-hmm. You know, sure they could rush something out, and it could be a pot of garbage. But and nobody wants that. So right. yeah. And, and another thing that I do want to say here, not everybody I'm sure looks for news as much as you know Adam and I do. Yeah. A lot of people are asking, you know, where's John Stewart? Where's Hal Jordan? Well, from the start, they said that the characters that headline this show, and again, the Green Lantern Corps consists of a lot of different characters. They would not be Hal Jordan or John Stewart. Yeah, those were off the table. Those are going to be movie properties, as far as we know. Yeah. So, like again, and here's I want to caution because it's folks, and I know some people aren't hunting for news like we are, like you said. Sure. But before you post a hot take on Twitter, or you know, uh, uh, look how smart I sound, or how, or how, or how, uh, you know. Uh, Look, I know my stuff. I know how, you know. Before you make a, a tweet that's going to sound come off like either of that, why don't you read an article and inform yourself before you do that? Like, yeah. again, I'm not trying to slag on anybody, but when an animator that, that's worked on Young Justice comes on and says, well, I'm, so, I'm, I'm shocked that they're not, why aren't they using John Stewart? So many kids have grown up with John Stewart. They have. But this right. show from the outset has said, like Warner Media has said, they're, they're, they're using... Hal and John for the movie. Like they've come out, like right. it's the reason why John Stewart wasn't in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because Warner Media has plans for him. And I totally understand, as cool as it would have been to see that actor, because we're seeing some, you know, behind the scenes yeah. from Zack's driveway come out in the pajamas, the home and yards, uh, you know, the CGI pajamas. As cool as it would have been to see John Stewart. I'm kind of happy we didn't see him in Zack Snyder's Justice League because that is clearly sounding like a one-and-done scenario. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for Jon Stewart. Like, when I finally no. see him in live action, I want the possibility of him of him continuing on. Sure. So, yes. Well, and that's why when people have asked yeah. me about it, yes, I did want to see it. But Green Lantern should have been there all along. So yeah. just because I don't get that one scene, had I gotten it, yes, it would have been a little bit better. Yeah, but, but, but Donnie, had you gotten it and now they said, okay, Zack Snyder's Justice League is just a one-time thing, wouldn't yeah. that have aggravated you more? After oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, this this whole scenario of you know Green Lantern not being one of the most important parts of the Justice League, that in and of itself has yeah. always sat wrong with me. Yeah, so. to me, to me, uh, and th- nobody take this the wrong way because I'm not meaning it to be the wrong way. I would have subbed John Stewart for Cyborg if I was in charge of of making a Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. John Stewart would have been there. Cyborg would not have. Okay. I'm not the director. I wasn't in charge. Warner Media didn't ask me for my opinion. 
they made the movie. I, to, to varying different degrees, I enjoyed both attempts. I know somewhere down the road, I'm going to see John Stewart in live action. I'm going to see, you know, Guy, uh, Jessica, Alan in this show. And eventually I'm going to see another version of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it has a lineup that I'm 100% on board with. If some characters are there that I'm not, I'm not 100% on or I don't think should be there, at that point, I'll just hope they tell me a good story and that I enjoy it. Sure. And know that eventually we'll get another reboot and I'll eventually see the, the, <laughs> the full complement of it. Like, it's bound to happen. Either I'll see the team I want, my nephews will see the team I want, maybe my grandkids down the road will see the team. Somebody will see the team I want. So, again, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get frustrated. You know, things take time. There are different avenues of this entertainment. We're getting Green Lantern and HBO Max. They're planning to give us Green Lantern on film as well. Judging from Warner Media's new strategy, it's going to be a film project is going to have an accompanying HBO Max project, ideally, and vice versa. So I wouldn't rule the idea out that the Green Lantern show we see on HBO Max will eventually have ties to the film. That's my But, Donnie, since we have a a Guy Gardner now cast, for people not as familiar with Guy Gardner, why don't you give us some recommendations of stories that you think people should read to familiarize themselves? Yeah, well, I can do that. And that actually, I want to close the Jon Stewart portion before we get to that by saying something that will lead us into the Guy Gardner thing. I saw a lot of tweets where people are just like, Where's Jon Stewart? This Green Lantern show. Where's Jon Stewart? Where's Jon Stewart? I'm going to help you out in case you haven't seen my Twitter. What you do, go out of your front door. Be safe, of course. Wear your mask. Go down to this thing called the comic book shop. (gasps) What are those, Donnie? Believe it or not, there's a form of media where you actually read words with pictures. And there's a new series by Jeffrey Thorne. You mean mean this? Oh, you can't see it, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> Damn it, it doesn't work with the background. Anyway, I'm holding up a comic book. Believe it or not, John Stewart, a brand new series called The Green Lantern, headlined by John Stewart, written by Jeffrey Thorne, a, a John Stewart enthusiast, is at your local comic shop. If you like John Stewart, go down and buy the comic book and you will see some new John Stewart material. Donnie, I almost fell out of my chair because of this 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 shocking information. I never knew about these things called comic books. Wow. And listen, if you don't know where a comic book is a store in your area is, there's this great thing. It's called Comixology. And if you go on there, you can download a comic book for $3.99. Yes. And there are plenty of John Stewart stories there. Plenty of them. It's fantastic. There's also a John Stewart 50th anniversary edition coming out this year. Exactly. And if all of that fails, while you're waiting for the movie, you know John Stewart was, I think, in what, five seasons of a Justice League animated series? Mm-hmm. You can you always can, go back and watch that, too. You can always go back and watch that. A lot of options. And if you want to hear about John Stewart's origin, we covered that on the Emerald Echo podcast, available on iTunes and Podbean. Yeah. So, by all means, go listen to that, too. And while you're at it, buy the Todd McFarlane John Stewart figure, which I have bought. But it's a waiting arrival because, God forbid, they ship things at the same time in Canada that they do in the yeah. States. <laughs> Got two of them right back there. Yeah, well. Wait, awaiting a review. You, oh, I thought you were waiting for me to come steal one so then I could cancel <laughs> my order and, and not have to worry about this delay. Um, but yeah, I digress. Um, my thievery will have to wait. Uh, so yeah. John Stewart in time, he'll he will get there. Yeah. In the meantime, we have Guy Gardner. So if you want to read about Guy Gardner, so they, you, when the show starts, you're like, ah, I'm familiar with this dude. Which, which story should they read? Well, let me talk a little bit about, you know, we're going to have this combined with part of another podcast. Yeah. His first appearance was Green Lantern Volume 2, number 59. Now, yeah. that is essentially a dream sequence story. 
the Guy Gardner that most people know, the kind of, you know, uber-masculine, uh, somewhat sexist, um, always looking for a brawl type of character, that came along more at Green Lantern Volume 2, number 194, uh, running through roughly issue 200. That was Joe Staten and Steve Englehart reimagining the character with the vest and a more aggressive attitude uh, in this in this like arc here. He battles several times with Jon Stewart. He actually tries to kill Hal Jordan, and uh, he is a very different character than the kind of social worker that we're introduced to originally. He was very much a background character, and he only had a few appearances over his first uh, few years. He's so, like the Roddy, the way you described him, sounds like the Roddy Piper of, of, of Green Lantern. <laughs> well, you know, I did, there was, um, I, I forget which one it was, I drew a parallel to Guy Gardner and Sawyer from Lost. We're, we're first oh, introduced, yeah. okay, yeah. we were first introduced to Sawyer, he is a very unlikable character, seemingly, eventually his heart comes out, and you see that He's Not someone, literally. yeah, going on this journey of self-exploration. Yeah. Guy is actually, the reason why Guy acts the way he does for the longest time is because he was actually brain damaged in the Phantom Zone. He underwent some kind of brain injury, and it changed his personality. When he comes back in the, the latter stages of Volume 2 of Green Lantern, his personality has changed. He's yeah. very aggressive, and that's the, the story that I'm talking about here. Now, later on, but not too much later, in the early 90s, Guy actually had his own series. It's just called Guy Gardner. Now, he's not a Green Lantern in this, in this series. This is actually being deep-dived on the podcast of Oa, but uh, he had his own series. This is pre-Emerald Twilight. And, uh, oh, you so mean that... the podcast of Oakland? They're good friends. Over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The podcast of Oakland. <laughs> well, guys, the, the reason why I bring that up is just a quick aside. Yesterday I was I was tweeting back and forth with uh, with Phil Bova and, and Myron and uh, you know I mentioned how I was excited to cover uh, the Green Lantern show with with uh, with Donnie when it, you know when it arrives and you know I tossed the idea maybe we could do a couple of crossovers with the podcast with the blog of Oa and my stupid phone uh, auto corrected Oa the blog of Oa with the blog of Oakland and and so. I maintain that these phones, damn it, you see this phone here? Yeah. I, I might have disappeared because of the background. But anyway, these phones that are called smartphones, if you don't know what all is, you ain't that smart. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Dummy. Uh. Anyway, the phone, not me. Continue, Dummy. Uh, continue. As far as another recommendation that I have here, Green Lantern Rebirth. Now, not the company-wide rebirth. I'm talking about the 2005 story. Yeah. It centers around Hal Jordan, but at the same time, this is where Guy morphs from Guy Gardner Warrior back into Guy Gardner, member of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. And and that's where he's kind of been ever since. I mean, this is kind of the modern Guy Gardner starting I prefer him as a Green Lantern than as the Warrior persona. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, you know, the, the Warrior persona... I, it, I do it, like the W because it reminds oh. me of Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But again, yeah, I like him coming back to the core. Uh, another story that I really liked, it's uh, called The Dark Side of Green. It's from the uh, Green Lantern Core book. And uh, this was, I believe the, the trade paperback was published in 2007. And it has Guy going in deep cover with an offshoot, a secretive offshoot of the Green Lantern Core called the Green Lantern Corpse. And you see Guy kind of relying on uh, his his um, his his stealth and his intelligence, uh, as well as he's he's paired up with another Green Lantern, uh, Ramy Hole, who's not a uh, a huge character name, but I like the interactions there because he was not only giving her some training, he was being a little sexist with her. So there were uh, <laughs> she kind of calls him on it, and there was some. I wonder funny if that's gonna. I wonder if that's gonna play out with his because he's partnered up with. The, with that Brie, Brie Jarda character. Yeah, right? the original character. I would say we would see some. I don't expect the kind of unfettered misogyny that we sometimes saw in you know the, the 1980s with Guy. Uh, I, I expect it to be a little bit more muted, but I expect yeah, it to be. Yeah, I don't okay. think they'll go that far because nowadays you get in trouble for that. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, so those are four good recommendations for Guy. I also want to mention one that's very recent. Green Lantern Future State. There is a story in there that's basically one, one possible future for Guy. This is not an action-packed story, and I don't want to spoil spoil it for you as to unless you've watched our other podcast because we have talked about this. Yeah. This shows Guy Gardner's heart. He acts in somewhat of a diplomatic capacity here. Yeah. Yeah. So Green Lantern Future State, you pick up the one that has Guy Gardner in it. That story is very interesting to show you the kind of heart that Guy has. And really, probably the thing that really got him the Green Lantern ring, why he was, um, you know, this is expounding on why, you know, he was going to originally be the backup for Hal Jordan. And of course, he was in a bus accident. You can we will get into that. But why he was, even though he was a um, was a gym teacher, he, you know, the, the thing that caused him to be selected by the ring. Or he would have been selected had it not gone to Hal Jordan because he was closer. Yeah. So. Um, and I, do I do I remember correctly, Donnie? Did 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 Stephen say Guy Gardner was his favorite Green Lantern? I do believe he said that. Yeah. All right. Guy has made some animated appearances too. Not only was yeah. he on the Green Lantern series, he was on. Uh, it was one of the Batman cartoons. Probably Brave and the Bold. I think it was Brave and the Bold. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, there, there's a little bit of a uh, what you should read regarding uh, Guy Gardner, and as a special treat uh, for the YouTube viewers, um, we way back when did a spotlight uh, episode of the audio podcast on Guy Gardner. So we're going to present that conversation as part of this vidcast. So now it'll transition. You won't see our faces anymore. But you'll hear us talk about the early appearance of Guy Gardner. We hope you enjoy it. Enjoy that. And we, uh, we'll see you next time. We will be back in brightest day and blackest night. No Green Lantern news shall escape our sight. From the first bit of casting to the last. Enjoy, <laughs> everybody. See you, everybody. Right. So then let's fast forward to 1968 and Green Lantern number 59. Which is the first appearance of Guy Gardner. And uh, we, it opens with a story called Earth's Other Green Lantern. And on the planet Oa, the Guardians show Hal Jordan a device called the Memory Machine. And it records all the memories of the Green Lanterns for historical preservation, which I really like that. That, you know, again, you get this idea of the rings transmitting information that can be used later on uh hopefully for good purposes and not nefarious yeah. ones yeah but they show the final moments of abensur's life and they explained how the ring chose how but we also see that there was another successor who was just as qualified as how and how got chosen because he was closer <laughs> so I mean, it all boils down to geography right now, Hal's not offended, and that, that's good, you know, uh, but they explained to Hal that um, this person is just as fearless and worthy as, as he is, and the ring almost went to him. So, intrigued by this, Hal is shown an alternate timeline by this machine. Right. And viewing the situation, we see that this person is a phys ed teacher from East City named Guy Gardner. Uh, Gardner is selected uh, to be the Green Lantern for Earth in this timeline, much like Hal. And we see that he busts up a ring of spies. He takes down a lot of usual Green Lantern villains like Black Hand and Sonar, Dr. Polaris, the Shark, and, and, and Sinestro. And later on, there's a mission where he goes to this planet and they're infected by a yellow plague. And it's killed off all the adults on the planet. Right. And the surviving children are divided into two factions, and they've gone to war with one another um, with these giant robots. So at first, Guy is used as a pawn, but he manages to free himself, to free himself and stop this ongoing struggle and convince the children to live in peace. So he returns to Earth, but he eventually himself succumbs to the Yellow Plague. And at that point, the ring would then choose Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. 
Right. Um, a couple of things I, I, I enjoyed about this. Um, I really like this this idea of like a sort of an alternate, a what if, to, to borrow a Marvel uh, phrase, kind of story, uh, right? Um, and, you know, the details. So like, he has a different oath. Yes. In this continuity, if you will, than than uh, than the regular Green Lantern oath. Um, I found Guy to be less of a. Well, how can I say this politely? Because in modern times, he's a, a bit of a jerk. Or, jerk, you know, yes. Yeah, you don't ass, get. You yeah, yeah, you don't get those in the, this these early stories. No, you don't so see that. It was yeah. a little bit jarring because I was expecting that. Uh, and and I, I I'm not one that, that I I don't hate uh, guy at all. I, I and I kind of enjoy that he's a, he's a bit of a smartass. I mean it it differentiates him from everybody. I mean from all the other lanterns. Like you know yes, Hal can have a cocky side, but it's different than than guy being a smartass and you know is different than the more militaristic and leadership quality of John and John Stewart which is different than the artistic Kyle Rayner and so on and so forth. So, you know, that character trait adds a lot to, to Guy. And I think having it missing there and not evident at all, it was, was very jarring for me. Um, but I liked that, that they didn't, you know, try and make Guy any less formidable as a Green Lantern, just so that they could, you know, prop up how. Right. And, and one of the things you see him do in this issue is make armor for himself when he's on mm. that planet, you know, in, in the midst of that battle, which yeah. I thought was visually uh, very pleasing. And I like when Green Lanterns do things other than, you know, just, you know, shoot the beams and make those kind of weapons when they make really intricate things like that. I've it's always found that interesting. Yeah, it's very... Um... It's showing his cleverness. And again, I like the fact that his skills as a school teacher came in handy because he's able to uh, convince, to those children. Yes. convince the yes. kids to, you know, straighten themselves out and get along. Uh, so I, I like that, you know, just as Hal's experience as an airman uh, built him out of some early jams, so too is guys here. Uh, I mean, in this what if scenario that suit of armor would have been better if it was some sort of you know mask or something to protect him from the from the the the, the uh was the yellow plague it was it called yeah uh, it was called the yellow plague and he did not social distance in this story right i mean see, and, let, let that be a lesson to you people right. social distancing and think about how if we would have seen something like that how you know coincidentally how poignant it would have been had he had something like that on him or whatnot, right? To protect himself, but it would have just been really eerie at the same time. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I like how, you know, I guess because I don't I don't necessarily think they had thought of the successorship just yet. And so at the end of the day, even in the altered continuity, Hal still becomes Green Lantern. Indeed. So it's, 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 it's kind of like Hal says, he was destined to become a Green Lantern. Um, but this was a strong origin tale for for Guy Gardner, even though it was a what-if scenario. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the oath that he used. Uh, I wrote that down, and I would like to recite that for you now. All right, because well. I like... Uh, <clears throat> On worlds afar, or scenes at home, wherever the cause should make me roam, always I vow to fight the good fight, to combat evil with all Green Lantern's might. That's interesting that he, again, that he had his own oath. I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, his, his attitude. In, I'm, I'm, I, he didn't tell me anything, so I'm going to create my own. I'm good enough. Right. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. And the fact that it worked. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we we have seen over the years that different Green Lanterns use 
different oaths. Um, like a, a, a Rotlop fan, you know, he, he actually doesn't know what green is because he's from a sector with no light, so he's blind. And so he calls the Green Lantern Corps the F-sharp bell core because yeah. he only knows sound. Yeah. So we, we do see that the the uh, recharging process, the oath, uh, can vary from lantern to lantern. But but I, I like that the that in this story, the ring and the lantern were like, yeah, I dig that. I, I'll work with that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of this, we see that Hal takes a business trip to East City to meet the real Guy Gardner. And the two become friends. You know, uh, again, you talk about the antagonistic relationship that we're used to in modern times. Uh, that's that's not present here. But what is interesting is the cover of issue 59 is almost prophetic because he does seem to be a jerk on the cover. You know, he's standing over Hal and he's like, there's only room for one Green Lantern on Earth, Hal Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> So which, that, is why, that which, is why, which is why I was expecting it, because it's right on the cover. It's like, all right, yeah, we're definitely in guy territory here. Yes. So what would you give that issue? I would say a solid 8.5 out of 10. Uh, likewise, I would say, yeah, around 8.5 or 9. You know, uh, I would have liked to seen a little bit more on the planet where he was, you know, fighting the, you know, the yellow plague and the robots. That could have been extended a little bit more, but uh, not much criticism other than that. For me, it would have been a little bit higher if it had been an actual, you know, event that happened instead of an alternate peek into what could have been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would have been slightly higher, but but yeah, I uh, still a, still a really good issue, right? So uh, I do need to make a point here that issue number seventy six in volume two, that's when Green Lantern became Green Lantern slash Green Arrow, right? Uh, and that confuses people a little bit. Uh, that actually they did that in volume three as well. Uh, so that was issue seventy six. So issue number eighty seven which is a very famous issue in 1971. That's the first appearance of Jon Stewart. And we get a story called Beware My Power, which continues Guy Gardner's tale. And so you make the point earlier that, uh, you know, Guy, he didn't really seem to be at first a character that was going to be a major player because his appearances are so kind of spaced out when you look at the issue numbers and the first three appearances. Yeah, um, I mean, let's be honest. the 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 majority of the issue is very much a John Stewart centric one. the The real key to take away here, from the in terms of a Guy Gardner aspect, um, is you know he was injured, and yes. Hal's like, well, that's no good. I mean, he was he's my successor, or or my replacement. So at some point along the way, now you can tell me if there's a specific issue or if it happened off, off, off panel or off page. At some point along the way, they must have told Guy the whole Green Lantern mythos story and, and asked him if he wanted to be a reserve because Hal's like, I need to find another replacement. So clearly, Guy must know what's up at that point. Right. Well, you you do see in his third appearance that you know that he knows that he was the backup. Right. Uh, that, that's from that's from issue number one sixteen. But what we see here is that guy is actually there. There's an earthquake in in Coast City, and guy is there, and there's a little girl who's on the edge of this road, and you see that that the uh, the earthquake has opened up part of this road, and she's ready to fall. And she's frightened, and Guy tries to go out there and get her. So yeah. again, very, very heroic. I really like that scene. The art was amazing there, yeah. and um, in doing so, Guy's hit by a bus. Right. And and I don't mean that figuratively. I mean he's walloped by a bus in the yeah. back. I, and just to make your to, to echo your point, I love that he did something heroic without the ring. Uh, yeah that that proved his his worthiness there. You can see right. why a ring. You know, you can look at him and say, and I understand this criticism of the character. People say, why in the world with all the soldiers 
and you know uh, firefighters and policemen in the world, would they choose a phys ed teacher? Well, we see that here that guy's pretty special. That's yeah. why you know he's he may not have some of the training that some of those other professions do, but he has the bravery. Right. And listen, teachers today, especially in today's day and age, the kids that they have to deal with, some of them. I mean, <laughs> good. I, I I I respect those people immensely. Yeah, uh, am, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I yeah, wish they, my, were, uh... they they probably wish they were Green Lanterns. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could create a construct to remove the attitude from some of these kids. They good. Uh... Yeah, uh, you know, my mother's a retired school teacher, and I don't know how she did it for thirty oh. plus years. Um, you know, and I actually did substitute, uh, teach one day and, and there's a reason it was just one day. I was like, oh my gosh, how did my mother do this? (laughs) Look, I'm, I'm the the beauty of my situation right now is I'm just an uncle. So I have the, the fortune of, um, you know, seeing my nieces and nephews, uh, being the cool, the the fun uncle and, and, you know, uh, watching shows and movies and, and playing video games with them. And then at a certain time, their parents come and pick them up. <laughs> and my job is over. Uh, so I'm like the reserve. <laughs> I'm like the reserve green line. I'm like Guy Gardner before, you know, he gets drafted full time. I'm like the pre- good. I have my moment. And then the parents go home and deal with all the other crap that comes afterwards. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how, how I, I got a lot of respect for. For, for for what the teachers have to put up with and how and how they how they deal with some of this like I said you know it seems that the attitudes are only getting worse so imagine well back to the story you know we see that guy obviously you get hit by a bus you're going to be hurt and he describes yeah, it as worse. Yeah. <laughs> he describes it as his body feels like a balloon that a, a lot of busted light bulbs are rattling rattling around inside of it and the doctors, you see Hal go to the hospital and the doctors say uh, he's bedridden for six months. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a little optimistic. <laughs> I'm like, I think six months sounds like it's kind of on the lean side there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, but going back to what you say, Hal worries that with Guy out of commission, there's no alternate GL if something happens to him. And so we get, you know, one of the one of the guardians appears via an image and states that there has to be an alternate replacement selected. And of course that would be John Stewart. Yeah. And I think we're going to leave the rest of the issue for our John Stewart episode. Yeah, definitely. Because you know, there, there's so much to say about John Stewart. Uh, we can skip on to issue number. Uh, b- well, you want to rate that? It's not. A well, huge I, I, story it's kind of hard to rate just a part of it. Um, so I'll save the rating for that issue when we do John. How about that? Yeah, it, it's a good one. And if, if you're a Green Lantern fan at all, if you know the mythos at all, you know that issue very well. So yeah, it's it's a must read. I will say that. So we jump to issue number one sixteen to a story called "My Ring, My Enemy," and uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow, and of course, I mean Oliver Queen, are fighting the mysterious Professor Ojo of the League of Assassins. And Ojo, he's constructed this gigantic. I robot that's hovering over Star City and he's attacking Green Lantern and Green Arrow and Green Lantern's ring isn't working properly. So he's forced to travel to Oa and have it repaired by the Guardians of the Universe and meanwhile God just kind of shows up and says oh by the way I'm, I'm, I'm healed and I'm the replacement. Yeah, it's and, like a sci-fi version of a tag out in a tag team match. Is it? Yeah, oh. and I'm like okay well that must have been some just magnificent physical therapy. If in six months you <laughs> you overcame getting hit by a bus, so maybe that's a little bit of a you know you've got to mark out for that story to say hey they want a guy back in it and it, it, you know maybe that's a little little overly convenient there. So the guardians explain to Hal that his power battery is fundamentally flawed and has to be replaced before it malfunctions dangerously and someone's hurt, and so they give him a new one and tell him to safely dispose of the old one. Now, back on Earth, Guy's victorious, and he goes back home to recharge with the broken battery, and before Hal can get there to warn him, there's an explosion with the flawed battery, and Guy seemingly vanishes 
And we find out uh, later on he actually ends up in the Phantom Zone. But <laughs> those are Guy's first three appearances. It's not, funny. I, what's yeah, that? Not huge, but important. Yeah, no, I, I really liked the... Um, first of all, the giant eye felt like something that we could probably see Graham Morrison revisit. Oh, and, and uh, Liam Sharp drawing that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, second of all, um, League of Assassins, it reminded me of when I read it. Uh, uh, Batman Begins, you know, League of Shadows, the whole year. So yes. that, was, that was a good callback um, for me. But I, I really liked the banter between um, Oliver Queen and Guy Gardner because they both have a bit of an attitude. <laughs> yes, and, and, and watching and watching that in the field anyway, bounce off each other was kind of uh, was kind of um, impressive, but also cool was that you know they 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 make no 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 illusions to the fact that guy is uh, new to the whole thing and that you know nothing it doesn't go smoothly for him the first time around. Like he's got to go at the villain again. Yes, so and you know, more. yeah. Now later on, guy, he does have he does get his own series later on, and um, you know, this is we, this is something we may talk about on a later podcast. Oh, he becomes, for sure. yeah, he becomes the warrior. Um, he and of course he has all different powers at that point, and he and John would co-headline a Green Lantern book later on, and uh, he also made an appearance if uh, on. A couple of of the episodes of Green Lantern the animated series, and uh, he was absolutely hilarious on those. Oh, agreed, a hundred percent. And we'll, we'll touch on all those, but uh, say, you know later down the line. Uh, but um, no, it um, like I said, I really I, I gain you know such an again you were, you were saying you know the, the brief appearances and and, and sort of. The, the frequency is, is very, you know, um, sporadic. Yeah, spaced out, yes. But, but when, he, when he does come to play, something big is e- either happening to him or is the result of, uh, of that, of, that uh, um, of his, his appearance. So, you know, it's a, and like you said, like the whole thing at the end, about how the, the you know he disappears and how that was sort of foretold, right? And so, yes, and he he does keep making appearances, of course, over the years. And uh, you know the the thing that I admire about this is when you read the more modern comics where they where they they are telling their stories based upon what has come before. You know these stories at this point they're building that universe, and to see the green lantern mythos built block by block yeah uh, it's it's just an amazing experience it's like i said time travel it uh, is it, it really is yeah. if you're a comic book fan you've got to go back and read these key issues because you will inevitably enjoy it i, I like i like i said i loved it i love seeing seeing some familiar things but also how they came to be and stuff like that is is really impressive so i I enjoy these, uh, at least at the early stage of our, of our podcast, these uh, look, looks ba- look backs to, uh, to the formation of, of, of what I'm used to reading. So it's, it's, it's a really good experience. It has been so far, and I'm sure it will continue. But, uh, and plus, I enjoy Green Arrow as well. So, uh, so seeing him... And getting a, a early peek at, at his at his history was, was fun too. Uh, well, the, those two characters, much like you know uh, Green Lantern and Flash, Green Lantern and Green Arrow, you know that's one of uh, that's one of the pairings that DC has made use of so many times out the year uh, throughout the years, uh, including you know the the recent Morrison run. We we saw that. So yeah, um, and I would love a, I would love a, a, an ongoing where it's just the two of them. And yeah. I would I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, they that's proven to be very viable over the decades. So uh, it, it would never surprise me if we see another another yeah, because, iteration of that. Look, right now, Green 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 Arrow doesn't have a book in in uh, in publication, and 
there are so many green lanterns that you could use to 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 partner with. Doesn't necessarily have to be hell, right? And it would be depending on which one you use, it would obviously be a different dynamic, and it could prove interesting. So I hope I hope that concept is revisited in a monthly. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. But uh, yeah, so that's just that's a look at two of the most important characters in Green Lantern's history. So, and so what, would you, what would you rate that issue? Uh, because we didn't. Uh, you know, I, I will say, like I said, guys showing up and saying I'm all healed after, you know, it's an indeterminate period of time, but he's obviously all healed up. That's a little I, I thought was a little overly convenient. So I would say around a seven and a half, maybe it wasn't the, the best. But um, I still liked the overall product and the fact that we saw that guy was going to be a bigger part of the story going forward because, again, he vanishes and later on we learn where he went. And, uh, you know, again, that's a story unto we'll, itself. We'll, we'll, we'll have to read that issue at some point. Yes. I know, what hap- I know what happened, but, you know, we've also been going on for almost two hours. So, yeah. so de- definitely, uh, I would agree with you 100%, seven and a half out of... Uh, out of uh, out of ten, but uh, no, this was um, like I said. These are two important characters, and then uh, and it was good to give them an early a spotlight at their early introductions, and uh, we're going to continue that next month. No doubt, uh, we've decided that we're going to spotlight John Stewart. Spotlight, all right, yes, the master builder himself, indeed, and uh, and uh, look forward to. Uh, to going all in on, on the issue that we, we briefly touched on and, and a couple more as well. Um, until then, uh, Donnie, if people want to uh, uh, discuss or wax philosophically with you about the uh, Green Lantern Corps, where can they do that online? They can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. You'll see on a regular basis I put Green Lantern product reviews up. And uh, any kind of questions that you would like for us to answer on the podcast here, go ahead and either hit up Adam or me, and we'll see if we can answer those questions for you. Until then, I'm going to recharge my ring and head back to Oa. Everyone stay safe, okay? Right, and if you want to get in touch with me, as Donnie was referring to, you can do that at Adam underscore Leafs fan, uh, or on Facebook we have a, um, a group where you can request admittance in the group, the Multiverse Music Podcast Network, and we will uh, add you and we'll continue the discussion there. Until next time, um, keep your rings charged and protect your sector. So long, everybody. Bye.